0: Law dog and rooster show. And I am the law dog, and I am rooster. And here we are once again, podcasting away. Yes. Except today's going to be a little different because today it's like, it's like mystery meat when you're in school. Today is mystery topic. I don't know what the topic is. Ooh,
1: yes. So yeah, I kind <clears> of <throat> when uh, when law dog and I first talked about doing a podcast we we're like okay well let's let's come up with some ideas some topic ideas and I love music I think we both love music yeah uh so I kind of basically wrote out a topic but it is interactive with law dog and he doesn't know what the topic is he probably has an idea maybe I hinted a little bit but
0: I think it has something to do with music. It does have something to do. Wow! How'd you know that? That's crazy. Well, you like know, psychic. I am. I That's am. crazy. Okay,
1: so I will begin. So I like to look at top artists of all time, and it could be top artists of like top selling. And I, I mean, I like to look at subjective like selling, but you know, I mean, objective as far as selling and also subjective as far as what's your opinion as far as top artists. So I recently found the website, the Recording Industry Association of America, not to be confused with the American Dodgeball Association (laughs) of America. So this website has a massive database of music, including top-selling artists, Albums, singles, etc. So we're just looking at the top-selling artists of all time in the United States. So and law does it, dog,
0: and, and does this cross all genres of music?
1: All genres of music. Oh wow! So law dog, let's just say this is. We'll give you ten, and we'll see how many you get. <laughs> this is now. This isn't a. This is these are sell. These are sales. So this is not right. subjective. Okay. This is okay. Yeah, they, cool. sold. Albums of any kind of their albums of their artists, so let's see if you can okay. Let's see if you can do 10.
0: Okay, but now, okay, now wait though. I want to I make sure I understand, but okay, and th- this is confined to the United States, confined but it doesn't in- necessarily mean that they were American artists, right? I mean, that's correct. Okay, that's good.
1: Okay, yeah, so sorry, let me, let me so it could be any artist from any country, but they had to have sold music. Basically, in the United States of America. Okay. Now, more than likely, they sold it worldwide, <clears> but, you know, United, sure. In the United States. All
0: right. So, so, so I'm trying to give you, you're giving me 10?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I have a I, list of like 25 probably, okay. here, but I mean, let's see. We're if looking you can for do, the top. You're all looking right. for the top 10 selling artists. Artists of all time. Of all time.
0: Okay, let me try to knock and out these
1: are a, albums sold
0: Okay, let me try to knock out a couple of easy ones that I think would be on there And if they're not, it just shows you that the depth of my music knowledge is different than yours Okay, okay. Michael Jackson Yes Okay, so let me write that down so I don't come back um, The Beatles Yes Um, Elvis Presley Yes uh top
1: 10 of all
0: time
1: um there's a I'll give you some hints okay give me a hint. uh there is a country artist at the uh, Garth uh, Brooks yes yeah uh there are on well, almost almost all the rest of the top 10 are from the 70s
0: of course, I would have, you know, and that's interesting. That That is interesting right there. Because when you asked me the question, with the exception of Michael Jackson, which is just, it's just almost like you know that that one has to be there. Mm, right. My mind immediately, it was like internally my head went from, okay, I've covered Michael Jackson, now let's go back in time. Because there ain't going to be nobody in like the 90s and 2000s, you know, in, 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 at least the way that I look at music.
1: Right, I mean, you even just think like it almost has to be that way. I mean, to sell albums, millions and millions of albums, you take it needs time. I mean, no matter how big you are, you still need time on your side. Yeah, that sounds like a song.
0: Anyways, all right, so all right, so we're going back to the seventies. Okay, top. Okay, and see now this is going to be hard because. Here's the only thing I'm pulling from now mm-hmm. is what I personally like. Well, sure. And I'm yeah. hoping that they're on the list, right? So I would say the Eagles. Yes, The Eagles are on there. Um, the Grateful Dead.
1: Mm, no, not, not on there. Really, not in the top twenty-five. And remember, these are just all okay, albums. Okay. So this is these are numbers albums yeah. sold. So yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, top ten. Let's say.
1: Uh, the Bee Gees. No. Uh, so I'll give you some... Okay, give me a hint. Give, give me something to work with This guy... Okay, well, what's one of the biggest rock, almost metal bands of all time? Metallica. Mm, they are down on... They're number 18. Okay. But I'll I'll, I'll check that one off. But there's another one was known in the 70s. Aerosmith. Mm,
0: the Rolling Stones. The Rolling
1: Stones. Okay, so Aerosmith's thirteen, Rolling Stones are fourteen, but wow. there's there's one that you're just it's, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, right, oh, it's, it's on the tip of your tongue. It's floating. It's floating around in your mind. Pink Floyd. Well, that one is nine, yes, but it, <laughs> it's floating, but you don't want it to fall like a lead balloon.
0: I know you're giving me hints. that probably should mean something to me at this point, but they a just, big
1: lead balloon. That's Led per- Zeppelin. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I've got it. I've got the Zeppelin on the cover. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> uh
1: there's a piano man.
0: Oh, uh Elton John?
1: Well Elton John and Billy,
0: B- Billy uh Bill Billy Joel. Billy Joel.
1: And there's one that's up there that's you know, very popular, but I didn't know that they're like in the top ten.
0: Band. band or single artist uh band band yeah. from the from the 70s again i mean we are, um, are we in that 60s I 70s would say
1: more more it's definitely 70s but more 80s
0: oh more 80s okay
1: uh let me see if i can give you some hints and not totally give it away <laughs> oh it's it's thundering outside oh
0: acdc yes
1: okay so yeah, so there are the top. So the top ten. Okay, yeah, give them to us. Okay. So number one, the Beatles, by far. Number two, Garth Brooks. Number three, Elvis Presley. Number four, Led Zeppelin. Five, Eagles. Six, Billy Joel. Seven, Michael Jackson. Eight, Elton John. Nine, Pink Floyd. Ten, AC/DC. Wow. So,
0: so let me ask you this before, before you kind of move on where where you're going, let, let me ask you this because I've, I've thought about this before when, you know, when we talk about things about, you know, top selling artists and number ones and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I know like, like you were saying when we got started, a lot of it is, you know, subjective. It's what you personally like, right? But do you look at artists sometimes that are on, like, these lists and they kind of surprise you? Not necessarily because you have any reason to think that they didn't have strong album sales, but, you know, for example, um, you know, when you're reading that list off, the Beatles, Yeah. okay? I look at the Beatles, and maybe this is just a thing for me. I look at the Beatles and I go, they they had some interesting stuff, Mm -hmm. but as far as kind of continual appeal, they never had that with me. Okay, now, so you'll understand where I'm going. Juxtapose mm-hmm. that, say, with Garth Brooks. Okay. Garth Brooks definitely sang songs that I was less fond of, but kind of on the whole, it's like I could sit and listen to Garth Brooks songs. Mm-hmm. If you put the Beatles on, you know, there's going to be three or four Then, like, I really like that, but... But there's going to be a lot that I'm just like, oh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, and I think
1: for me, so you think about like the Beatles, everybody hears the Beatles throughout your whole life. And and maybe it never really clicks with you. Like I have friends that are huge Beatles fans. And I I've always liked the Beatles, but then like it just took me to kind of find – the right album or the right songs they kind of just say okay I get it and that happens with all kinds of music and all kinds of artists for me like Chris Stapleton for a long time I did not get it yeah. I was like I was listening I was like yeah he's got a great voice I mean okay and then all of a sudden one day it clicked and I was like okay yeah he's like the greatest male vocalist of our time but yeah I think it's the same way with The beatles where it's just it's always there but i think that's the point is the beatles are always there and they're always present in all music we hear now i think that's the reason they're so big and that's why they're so influential is when you when you hear the term they're years ahead of their time they they were i mean modern music is all because of the Beatles. And that's okay. just my opinion. Yeah. I well, mean, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say all because cuz obviously there were people that influenced the Beatles. Right. But you know, as far as just the song structure and just everything that you know, having like a hook kind of chorus or just just there I mean, really it's just the the, the verse chorus first chorus bridge verse chorus. I mean, that's just yeah. That's kind of like Beatles saying that's that's going to be what we're going to do and everybody's kind of followed since then, and just writing simple... I mean, really, I and mean, that's what country songs are. They're just simple songs, simple song structure with just something that you enjoy singing, and the Beatles were the best at that.
0: Yeah. You know, that's interesting, though, that you you, you know you raised that, and maybe as you were talking about it, I was sitting here th- trying to think, you know, well, why... You know, why have I never had that experience with, like, the Beatles? Why have, mm-hmm. why, why have I never found that album where mm-hmm. I went, like, oh, you know? And maybe maybe it's because, and, and this is great, because the difference between you and I is maybe the depth, if that's the right word, the depth at which we look at music. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the core of the music, you know? You, you're, you're like, you're deep into it. And I'm a guy who's kind of just, like, right up a little bit below the surface. Hmm. And I don't, really, I don't really pay attention as much to the mechanics and and those types of things. But, you know, as you were saying that, I thought, well, why would the Beatles not appeal to me? Why would I not get that? And it has nothing to do with the music. And it has more to do with the message. Hmm. Okay. Which is why, you know, like, for example, I, for, like, probably the last six months, I've been on a Willie Nelson kick. Oh, Okay? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you get in my truck, it is it – is, Pandora is set to the Willie Nelson station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can listen to anything that Willie Nelson sings. But I think part of that is because I can identify with it more than I can the Beatles, you know? See, and my – something that my
1: wife always kind of picks on me about is I listen to the melody of songs. I don't know any lyrics. I don't know song titles. I don't know anything like that. Cause I just, I love just listening to how a song is all put together. Uh, Just the, just with the drums or just the, what chords they use and just it, I just the song that it's playing in my head and that's, what's lasting to me. And that's where I can, I can get enjoyment out of any kind of music because as long as it's got something to offer as far as like just a melody. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I, I love where I'm at musically right now because growing up, I mean, I could not stand country music at all. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, I hate country music. I hate it. I hate it. But then like, there was a couple like, uh, uh, bridge kind of, uh, you know, transitional kind of music, more, I guess, maybe like a little bit more folksy or, you know, you think about like the Wallflowers. Right. They've got a little bit of, you know, maybe a little touch of country in there or something like that. But right. but then the most beautiful thing that can ever happen to to you or to me, I think, musically, is that day when you're open to a genre of music that you previously we're not open to because then it's like wow i have all of this music to listen to right it's just like and you're open to it and i think people close their minds and and i get it when you're when you're younger you just i don't like that but now i i i'm open to anything that's good if it's as long as it's got like a good melody or just got something to offer or even like um where I could just tell they are talented musicians. Right. Like I look at them like there's no way I could do that. Yeah. I mean that is just, it's in for me personally there's no way and I respect that. It might not be in my cup of tea as far as t- you know music, but I'm like wow, that is imp- they know what they're doing.
0: Right. You know, that that's man, that's neat. And and I and I'll be honest with you when I, I knew that I knew that as the podcast progressed there would be days like this where the the heavy conversation was going to revolve around music because that that's one thing that I know about you is that you're you're very musically oriented that's so that's 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 like one of the pillars in your life is For like sure. you know, yes. and, mm-hmm. and and I was maybe intimidated would be the right word in this case I was kind of intimidated by that because I thought man I don't I love music there's not a day that I don't listen to music right mm-hmm. but I was like, man, I don't function at the same level that that Rooster does, you know. Well, but what's but what's really neat as this the, as this conversation is developing and it's forcing me to think about music. Mm-hmm. You know, you said that you when you know growing up you hated country music and you know, but you, the older you got, you know, you you was like, wow, I, there's elements of that that I like, and I, you know, I, that's so cool because when I was in high school. Man, I was all about the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, if you knew me, okay, mm-hmm. and someone came to you and said, "Man, what is Josh Crane's favorite band?" It was the Doors. Man, really? I, oh, nice, dude. I loved the Doors. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought Jim Morrison was. I, I bought. I bought a book of Jim Morrison's poetry. You know, and. I can't tell you the last time I listened to The Doors. Now, if I hear it, I I, I love it. you know. Mm-hmm. And we play this game when we're driving where songs will come on the radio and I'll tell the kids, I'll say, all right, who can tell me who this is? And we span all genres. But what's really cool is, and I don't know why this is, but it's almost like maybe the type of music that you ultimately settle on, not that you can't listen to other things, but I think most people have – kind of one genre that is their go-to. Yes. Okay? Maybe that music is actually music that finds you Mm -hmm. because there's something innate in it that connects to who we are as individuals. Maybe there's a reason why Waylon and Willie and Merle Haggard and Dwight Yoakam, maybe there's a reason why those songs hit me totally different than other things that I like. Yeah. But... You know, like, when, man, when Willie Nelson sings certain songs, mm-hmm. it's like, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: Mhm. Well, then, you yeah, we were talking earlier about the Sonic Highways Foo Fighters documentary. Right. And there's, uh, it talks about Willie going back to Austin, Texas, and, or that's where he ended up. He tried in Nashville, and but he played his best shows there because he felt so comfortable there, and people just... I mean, they ate it up. Like you guys said, like some kind of like 4th of July cookout thing or something right. like that. And it was this huge Willie show. So, yeah, you'll have to check that out. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Well, I I have a theory. That really, whatever you whatever kind of music you were listening to when you were 18 years old is the music that sticks with you forever. So, like, for me, 90s alternative rock is always going to be just my foundation of music. Just, like, uh, Nirvana and Soundgarden, like, those those bands will never leave me ever. They're just, they're there. I mean, that's why, I, like, Dave Grohl is my favorite musician. It's just his drumming style. I, I pattern my drumming style after his drumming style, and it's just... But, yeah, it. I, I think, like, you're, you're – because you're becoming – around your eight, around 18, you're about to graduate from high school, or maybe you are graduating or whatever, but you're about to get all this freedom, and so you're listening to whatever you want, really, and then that's where you kind of just say, here's what I love. and it. Because I, I, I'll come back. I'll listen to other kinds of music. Right. But it's almost like a little phase
0: for me, and then I'll come right back to – Rock and roll. Dude, I just that, is, well. that is so amazing. That is, and I, I mean that. That is absolutely amazing. I graduated high school when I was 17. By the time I was 18, 18, 19 years old, the one major thing had changed in my life. And it is so cool that you raised that because the music was... Just built into what was happening in my life at that time and, and and here's what I mean by that when when i was when i was actually no I was still in high school when this happened when that this transition began, my mom and i were were on our way home mm-hmm. and across from where we lived there was a big farm, and I wasn't old enough to drive yet i rem- i will rem- i remember that and i saw clearly an elderly man and an elderly woman out in this hayfield and they were busting up square bales of hay and spreading them on the ground mm-hmm. and it just it looked like that's not supposed to happen right mm-hmm. and my mom said you know why don't you go over and see if they need some help and so i got on my bike and i, I rode back over to the farm and i went over to the to the field and i walked up and this white-haired old farmer, sat down on a bale of hay, and I, I shook his hand and I said, you know, my name is Joshua Crane. I live right over here. I just came over to see if y'all needed some help, and I'll never forget what he said. He threw in a, 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 a neat little expletive, too, but he said, you know, where the H have you been, mm. you know, and that began a relationship that would last until he passed away years later after I was out of law school and already practicing law, Wow. okay? And what, what I, what my first job ever Mm -hmm. became a job on that farm. Hmm. And I worked that farm and from working that farm, I got into a particular lifestyle where the music was part of it, Mm. you know, listening to Garth Brooks, listening to, to George Strait. Mm -hmm. I started riding bulls. Mm. And so, you know, if, if, you know, looking at your theory, in that that time when i was 18 when that when there was that pivotal point in my life mm-hmm. i was immersed in the life that get, that gave birth to country music wow and that's that's where my core music is today mm mm-hmm. mhm so yeah uh, well there <laughs> there you go
1: man you so go. Yeah, <laughs> i guess you're right well i mean i'm sure it's not for always right for everybody but There's got to be something to that whenever you, because you're gradually getting more and more freedom as you get older, you know, when you get 16 and you can drive in a car. I mean, how awesome is that freedom just to go like, wait, I could just drive somewhere and on my own or then, you know, you graduate from high school and you go off to college and you're like, whoa, okay, so I... I I have to make my own food and ramen noodles are a good thing yeah. to have. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That I I just found that to be true for me and more and more I have found that to be true for other yeah. people. Okay. So let's get back to our our uh, music topic. So this I'm going something going somewhere with this topic. All right, I'm okay. excited. Okay. So that was the top selling artists um so just to round out the top 25 you've yeah, got was, george Strait, george Strait, barbara streisand uh, aerosmith the rolling stones bruce springsteen madonna mariah carey metallica whitney houston van halen u2 celine dion neil diamond fleetwood mac and kenny g kenny g yes now remember these are top Album Albums, sales. Right. You know. So I mean, Kenny, okay?
0: But you know the king had to be in there. George Strait
1: had to be in there. See, and I'll and he plays into my topic today. Great so good. King George. Yes. But it's you might not like what I have to say, but these well, you're are, on oh, the these other side numbers. of the table. Yeah. Yes. I'll get that. We'll start. have a few fighters of our own. <laughs> yes. But it's just it's interesting to look at the Beatles have sold, and this is the United States, 178 million albums. Wow. Garth Brooks, 148 million. Elvis Presley, 147 million. Yes, I'm printing my paper. Okay. So in the United States, the top 25 artists have sold close to 2 billion albums. The billion, or the Beatles, like I said, 178 million. Uh, Garth Brooks, 148. Elvis Presley, 147. So these are impressive numbers, but what I want to know is how many of these album sales are due to greatest hits and or live albums.
0: Oh, okay. So, so let me this, so this
1: is my this is my topic cuz this is what I'm big on taking data, extracting it and then scrubbing the data and seeing what falls out. So that's the track we're going to be going on okay. during this this episode.
0: So let me ask you a question, okay. and, and I, you know, you can you can stop me, but I'm just curious because you said, you know, album sales that don't include, like the the you know the greatest hits albums and the live albums. Is that right. because you're looking at it? And you're like, I want to get pure. In other words, once you've made a product, I'm not going to give you credit for repackaging the product again and again and again and again and again. To boost the sales, I want core, like...
1: Yes, that is exactly my point. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yes, first I want to point out that music is art, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you create music basically from scratch, just like you would a painting which, you know, painting basically from scratch. So you spend time working on the art until you feel that it's a finished product and ready to show the world. And with all the time and effort you put into it, a painting, for example, is more valuable if it is an original painting rather than a copy, right? Yes. Okay. So to me, greatest hits albums and live albums are simply copies of the original. Because all they're doing is taking songs that have already been created and just repackaging them. And yes, I know, live albums have their own unique experience, and I love live albums. But anyways, we're just going strictly by numbers here. Okay, so they're copies of the original. There's no new art created, simply, like I said, regurgitated top- copies of what was already produced. Therefore, I dove back into the top albums of all time. But this time, I weeded out the regurgitated copies, i.e., the greatest hits albums and live albums. So we'll call these net results. We'll call them the studio albums. That's what you think about. You go into the studio, right? You make an album of songs. You know, you create, you record an album of songs that you created. So, so the net result are the studio albums. So this should equate to the actual contribution of music, not the reselling of the same thing. Would you agree with that?
0: Okay, I agree that the result that you get will equate to new songs being introduced into the world.
1: Yes, new art, brand new art that's never been heard or seen, whatever, before. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, so this changes the rank a little bit. And it has an interest, it had some that I thought were very interesting. Okay, so when you do that, you strip out all of the, uh, well, let me see what I got here. Okay, so you strip out all of the uh, greatest hits and live albums. Led Zeppelin jumps up to number one. Um, The Beatles, number two, Garth Brooks, three, Michael Jackson, four. I mean, you think about Michael Jackson, Thriller album, I mean, that sold a ton of albums by itself. Okay, so so let's see here. so on the for the studio albums, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, uh, Garth Brooks, Michael Jackson, Pink Floyd, Metallica, ACDC, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Van Halen. Uh, so on the uh, all list, which includes greatest hits in live, I'll call it all versus Studio. Okay, so all is all in, Studio is the net. So on the all list. Elvis is ranked number three. But on the studio list, he is ranked 17. Because he had a lot of Christmas albums, sure. live albums, greatest right. hits albums. 68 special. Yeah. Right. But those are all just mostly the same songs over and over and over again. So uh, let's see what else we have. We have Elton John. Okay, well, on- under,
0: under what category?
1: Elton John. Elton John on the all list. Okay. Ranks number eight. Uh, So if you strip out the greatest hits and live albums, he drops down to rank number 67, like on the studio list. Okay. Uh, Your boy George Strait, 11 on the all list, 103 on the studio list. Okay. Here's here's the one I'm going to pick on the most. Okay. Neil Diamond. On the all list, so yeah, that includes everything, ranked number 23 albums of all, ranked number 23rd of albums of all time. He drops down to 237 when you look at just straight studio albums. Okay. Kenny Rogers, I love Kenny Rogers. He's ranked number 28, drops down to 167. Uh, Some other big drops Eric Clapton, Chicago, Rod Stewart, Bob Dylan. And I love all these artists, but I mean, their contribution—my their contribution to music—is not so great when you take out all of these greatest hits and live. Okay, albums.
0: all right. Now that's where that's where I'll take issue with you. Okay,
1: okay. All right, but let's
0: go. All right. So that's where I'll take issue. And I was right. I was waiting. You're, you've been very careful up until that last sentence with the way that you've presented this. Okay. But then you used a word. Yes. And and a minute ago, when 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 you asked me if what you were proposing made sense, I, I gave it back to you, and I was thinking in my mind. There's one more thing I want to say, but I'm going to wait. I want to. Okay. I guess you just used the word contribution. Yes. All right. Now I, I want you to think about this for a minute. Mm-hmm. I understand. And let's take let's take King George. I understand. You say okay. Where was he uh, on the on the all he, on the he ranked all where list? Um, George Strait. Eleven. Okay, and then when you stripped out all of the live and the greatest hits, he dropped to what? One hundred three. One hundred three. Okay, so that's a huge drop. Yes. Okay, it's a huge drop. And yet, if if you if you look at let's just say that that genre to to mm-hmm. start with, if you look at the genre of country music, you cannot have. The top artists of all time, and not include George Strait, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. now, here's here's why I think that, that that that's important, and it's it's why I think maybe your definition of contribution is a little skewed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is because if you take for example the Beatles, mm-hmm. okay, Beatles don't make music anymore. Right. So my child growing up, they'll never hear a new Beatles album, Mm -hmm. but they'll hear somebody that goes in and says, Hey, let's digitally remaster these things. Let's put this back out. Let's do the greatest hits album, whatever. They'll hear those things, Mm -hmm. right? I think, I think you can't take away from the idea of contributing to the art form when an artist re-releases songs that they've done to hit a broader audience,
1: yeah, no, I unders—I understand, but I'm just saying. As far as present, oh, that's a nice loud truck. <laughs> um, yes, I—I I know that this is not like a, a cut and dry thing. This is me just taking, <laughs> for sure, because I think that's what happens. Is they'll go ahead and put out another box set or something right, like that, right? Right, and then then another generation. We'll hear it and they'll be like, "Oh wow, you know that's you know I mean because you could probably do that every ten years. Sure. You could put out a new Beatles box hit and it will sell. So, yeah. Well, okay. Same well, way well, with Garth Brooks. Sure. Or you know any of them. Really. really any of them. But yeah, that's where I was just like, I want to know how much did they actually create?
0: Okay. I'll say I'll, and, I'll change and, the cut. From, and, yeah, cut
1: <laughs> no, I, I get your point. It totally makes sense. So but, but
0: from creation, your number 1 becomes Led Zeppelin.
1: Yes. Because I mean, you don't think okay. about like in the 70s they released a lot of albums and sold a lot of albums and really none of them were I mean there were some live albums, but most of them were just
0: all studio albums. Right. But you know, man, this is this is such a great conversation because even trying to articulate what I, what I'm thinking Mhm speaks to the difficulty in trying to measure something like this mm-hmm. i mean certainly you, you i mean you've put a lot of work into gathering raw data but but in order to gather the data you had to define the data right yes. i mean okay studio album exclude everything else mm-hmm. numbers of studio albums right and so that that's a very kind of a, a cold calculation of data right oh, i know i know but what makes it so hard is you know, like if I had somebody sitting next to me, my my best friend growing up was a guy named John erp Okay, mm-hmm. John is a great great guy. He's he's living up in Ohio now, and um, I see pictures of him from time to time. He's on the road with, um, um, oh man, I just went blank. The Zac Brown Band. He's he's on the road with the Zac Brown ba- Band. His dad I'll never forget was a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Okay. Okay. So if so if his dad was sitting next to me, and he had his headphones on, and you're like, all right, number one is Led Zeppelin, he'd be like, yeah, of course, man, they're the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here going, Led Zeppelin? Oh, see, I mean, I didn't plan. Right, their appeal is to like an audience this big.
1: Well, see, the thing is, I didn't. I I promise you. (laughs) You didn't doctor the data. I did not (laughs) doctor the data. This is exactly what fell out. But as far as the one, I mean, to me, that's my favorite. I, I can't say my favorite band of all time, but as far as, like, the greatest rock band of all time, that's my number one. Wow. So I just, from the sheer talent of what they were able to do, you know, Drums, guitar, vocals, yeah. just well. Hey, look, not he, he, everybody can do what they did. Oh, I, look, yeah. I will not
0: look. I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin fan, okay, but mm-hmm. I will never, I will never sit here and say that Jimmy Page is not one of the greatest guitarists of all time, right? Okay, I'm not going to say that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, um, but but let me ask you this because I'm curious. On your list, when you when you extracted all of that, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the superfluous stuff, yes, were there any? country artists other than garth brooks that made that made the cut
1: so you're talking about and the greatest like the no greatest hits or like you're talking about like this well, studio yeah
0: like like when you took out their their live albums and their you know box set um, greatest hits well okay there's one that jumps up
1: shania twain oh, no no i
0: said country artists <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well uh let's see i mean well yeah i'll say shania twain went from on the all list 27 up to 13 uh but see i mean some of them kind of just i don't know i'm really honestly what? a lot of the country artists give you got like Al- uh, alan jackson was ranked on the all 30 number 33 he drops down to 50 on the studio list Oh, here's one that you'll love as far as quote unquote country artists. Taylor Swift goes oh my from. Oh, goodness. <laughs> on the All list. But this is, it's still impressive, though. 30, uh, she's ranked 35th on the All list. And she jumps up to 15 on studio. So, I mean,
0: that's that's. I know. I she's had a not lot a, more I, respect for your data
1: before that. Though. I know. That's almost
0: like that's almost like you're reading a report telling me that milk really is healthy for everybody, and at the bottom there's a footnote that says funded by the you know, industrial milk producers of America.
1: I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Like I got. I'll watch the Country Music Awards, and I'm like, that's not country, though. Yeah, yeah but I mean, Taylor Swift. She's whatever music genre you want to call right. her. It's still. Impressive, yeah,
0: sure. I mean, for yeah, for, from a from a market standpoint, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a big move. Well, I mean,
1: like, Tim McGraw, he that's I mean, like, he doesn't really move as far as his, he's ranked 41 on the all list, and he only drops down to 42 on the studio. So basically, uh, a bulk of his sales is because of studio albums, right? So,
0: but so, yeah, okay, so when you're looking at your list. Mm-hmm. of like the all okay and, and just so that i'm clear on this again uh-huh you're what you keep referring to as the all list yeah those are numerically ranked from one to w- whatever number you stopped at yes in total album sales but the all includes both the live albums and the greatest hits albums everything okay now let me ask you this you don't have to sit there and count it but just give me a give me a ballpark rough percentage okay how many total d- did you go you went from number one to what
1: oh I mean I had on well, a spreadsheet I had one through like almost 2,000 but I only have printed off here one through 50
0: okay good so of the one through 50 what percentage would you say on the all list fall under the the genre of country music Okay, let me see. I'm, curi- I'm just curious to so kind of got- do a split between country and and, and I guess what we- just rock basically.
1: Yeah. So Garth Brooks is two, uh, George Strait eleven, uh, Shania Twain twenty seven, Kenny Rogers twenty eight, Alabama twenty nine, Alan Jackson thirty three, uh, because she's technically country. Taylor Swift thirty five, Reba McEntire thirty six. Uh, Tim McGraw, 41, and that's pretty much all of the country. So not even a quarter. Yeah. I mean, and you look at, I mean, really, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, but just there's some albums, like Michael Jackson's Thriller, and I'm going to get to that as well. <laughs> I mean, I might as well say it now. As far as studio albums, Michael Jackson's Thriller is number one, but number one selling album of all time is The Eagles' Greatest Hits, right? Which I'm like, it's the greatest hits though. It shouldn't count, but it does, you know, it, because they sold. Gosh, I don't know if I have that number here, but oh well. Okay, on that note, let me let me state uh, one more one more thing. Well, actually, a couple more things. Okay, so. Relatively speaking, many of these top-selling albums of all time did not create a ton of new music. They simply sold the same music over and over again. Look at the Backstreet Boys versus the Eagles. So the Eagles have sold 101 million total albums. That's crazy. But only 34 million of these are studio albums. I mean, it's still 34 million. I mean, it's still awesome. But... It's thirty-four million studio albums. That means sixty six percent of Eagles albums sold are basically selling you the same thing that you already have. Compared to the Eagles, thirty-four million studio albums, the Backstreet Boys have sold thirty-five million studio albums. So the so just looking at studio albums, not greatest hits or alive, the Backstreet Boys have outsold Eagles.
0: Okay, all right. Truth. All right. It's all right. just truth. Okay, I've got two I got two things. I've got two things to say here, though. Okay. I should have took, taken notes while you're saying <laughs> that. All right. One, the, less, the least important of the two I want to say. Okay. The first is, it, I think maybe if you're going to compare like, like the Eagles studio albums to the Backstreet Boys studio albums number sold, you almost have to have an equalizer in there to account for the time period. In other words, what was different in society when the Backstreet Boys were selling albums versus when the Eagles were selling albums? What was the availability? What was the, the um, um, uh, what's the word? What, the, the width of, of opportunity to purchase Um, You know, in other words, like right now, I mean, I can go to my computer sitting right in front of me and I can buy anything that I want to buy. Right. Yeah. 1970. I couldn't do that.
1: Yeah. But I still, based on what you're saying, I would give a leg up to the Eagles because back then you didn't have a chance to really buy singles. You bought albums. So Backstreet Boys was probably still in the whole CD world. And maybe there were some singles, but I still would think that. The Eagles would have the leg up there, okay? Because okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if you're talking like that's why I wanted to exclude singles, because yeah, of course nowadays, uh, if you throw singles in there, I mean that then you get all kinds of crazy artists sure. that are just you're like they shouldn't be anywhere. Right, Millie Vanilli. Yeah, well, that was actually my first. that was my first <laughs> CD. I
0: love Milli Vanilli. Okay, but okay, but look, now, but now listen to what I'm going to say. Okay. And, man, I hope, I hope that you answer this right. Okay. You, you, if I sat here and I said, the Backstreet Boys' contribution to music exceeds the contribution of the Eagles, could anybody (laughs) say that with a straight face?
1: No, but that's what I'm, (laughs) that's what I'm trying to say. That's why I think it's interesting to extract this objective data. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I would much rather listen to the Eagles than the Backstreet right. Boys, but you know, I can't argue with the numbers. I okay, mean, if what, you just look at like, yeah,
0: I mean, cause I well, let me ask you this. Okay. Let me ask you this. Cause this kind of goes, uh, this kind of goes into your, your, your theory again. You're saying, okay, the Eagles, when you look, at, what did you say, 66% of their album sales are basically regurgitated stuff. They're selling you stuff you already had. That's correct, yeah. Okay. So under your theory, that shouldn't happen compared to artists who have more of a contribution as we've defined it today. In other words, if you have an artist like, for example, Led Zeppelin, Yes, who has a very high percentage of studio albums as opposed to live and greatest hits? Yes, correct. And their influence was as great as it was. Mm-hmm. Their album sales should still far exceed somebody like the Eagles or, or some comparable artist, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because if we say, if we say, well we're going to take something away from the Eagles because so much of their sales were greatest hits, collections, et cetera. People are still buying those. And if that theory is correct, then Michael Jackson, for example, if the Thriller album is the best album of all time, right? okay, mm-hmm. then it should be like, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, it... It's like, no, even the artists that are doing the the greatest hits should not be able to outsell that.
1: Hmm. So, all right, so I'm trying to follow you as far as... Because, I mean, when I think about albums, I think there are albums that you just have to experience. You know, because, I mean, I I was going to get to it as far as... When I think about a band like... Journey, I yeah. love I love some Journey, but I don't need to go buy all of their albums. Why? Because I don't love them that
0: much. Because some of them stink. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what, I don't even know.
1: I just went. I was like, I was like, oh look, they have a double CD of their greatest hits. I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. I'm that's you. all. That's all I need. You know, I don't need to go and dig any further because they're not like a part essential part of my music makeup. Like. I mean my favorite album of all time, and this goes back to me being around like eighteen years old, is the Weezer Blue album, the first album. It's just to me personally, subjectively, mm-hmm. it's a perfect album. Just because that just is like at that time that was everything that's kind of like nineties music and but it doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's the best album of the nineties. You know, I think about like Smashing Pumpkins, like Siamese Dream or Of course, Nirvana. Never mind. But I think you just have to experience albums themselves. I'm not like a purist like that, where you're like, "Oh, I never buy greatest hits. I definitely buy greatest hits." Yeah. I mean, I bought. There's a. And you can make anybody can make fun of me if you want. I don't care. But uh, whenever before I went to go see Garth Brooks last December, I bought off of eBay his box a box set. Oh yeah. And I mean. First of all, I got it for like eight bucks. I was like, how does it, how did you even make money off was,
0: it, was that the one that had like the eight cassette, well, yes. were cassettes when I bought them? Well, okay. like eight cassettes in them.
1: Yeah. It was like the target. It
0: yeah. Was, it was, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And it was all like theme based. Yeah. And had one that was live and everything. And I mean, it was really well laid out and I, I enjoyed that was a every good box. Set. Yeah. It was a really good box set. But again,
0: Going back to our topic. But he didn't make that big of a contribution to music, so let's Mm, move on. (laughs)
1: Garth who? Okay. So I have a couple other, couple crazy ones. This is looking at studio albums again, the Net studio. So as far as studio albums, Taylor Swift has sold two million more studio albums than Elvis Presley. Kenny G has sold... More studio albums than Aerosmith, Fleetwood Mac, and The Rolling Stones. And this one, oh, gosh. Nickelback has sold as many studio albums as Barbara Streisand. Can you, I mean, just, I mean, I know, like, some, I mean, it's it's Barber Streisand. You know, you're talking about, like, music legend, and some people cannot stand Nickelback. I don't care either way. But based on the numbers alone, Nickelback has contributed more, okay, contributed more art or created more art than Babs. So, but here's the one that I've been picking on that I wanted to pick on a little bit is the percentage of Neil Diamond albums that are greatest hits is 90% of his music. So 90% of all Neil Diamond albums ever sold are greatest hits or live albums. Okay. In other words... 45 million Neil Diamond albums sold are based on 5 million albums worth that he actually created. So Neil Diamond has sold us the same songs nine times over. And okay. so I'm just looking, so now I just look at percentage of, <clears throat> so this is percentage of greatest hits in live albums compared to their total sales. You following me? I'm with you. Okay. Neil Diamond. Ninety percent. So, ninety percent of his total sales are greatest hits. Are live. That's I mean, that's a lot. Uh, Barry Manilow, eighty nine percent. Frank Sinatra, eighty nine percent, which I thought was interesting. We need to come back to that one. The Doors, eighty eight. Beach Boys, eighty seven. Doobie Brothers, eighty six. The Who, eighty six. Chicago, eighty four. Grateful Dead, eighty four. Kenny Rogers, eighty three. George Strait, eighty three. John Denver, eighty two. James Taylor, eighty two. So now, yes, all these artists made big contributions. There's no doubt about that. I mean, all those. I like every single one of those people we just, or artists we talked about, and most of them change music forever. Uh, we could say that these artists are all about quality over quantity. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, but with these artists, it tends to be the same songs over and over again. So, like, as far as songs, I mean, when you think of Neil Diamond, who do you think? What song
0: do you think of? See, I'm not a big Neil Diamond. See, I'm not either. But I think that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, po- that's ne- what I'm poking that's what at. I, Neil Diamond is one of those that I'm just like, okay, I don't. Right? No, I I hear you. I mean, that. I don't mean it this way, but I'm almost like, who's Neil Diamond? Okay. Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, he's you know Sweet Caroline. Right. And, and uh, uh, America and but you know okay Mar- Barry Manilow, you know and what song do you know? No. You? Copacabana. That's, okay, what, you okay. know, Kenny Rogers, what song? Gambler. Okay. So, yeah, sure, some of these artists have other hit songs, but there's nothing like these top one or two songs. And that that's kind of what I'm digging at is just like, what did they actually contribute? I mean, they have these top songs. I mean, Ken, of course, I get it. You go to these concerts, because, well, I mean, you, okay. Neil Diamond, Barry Manilow, or Kenny Rogers, they could perform and people will go. Sure forever. I mean, as long as they're okay. alive and kicking, then they will have people show up at their shows. But I'm just saying like what did they offer? What do they
0: contribute? What did they create? Okay. All right. Let let man, see this is this is good. This is the way I look at that. All okay. right? And we're going to go back to we're going to go back to Taylor Swift. Yes. All right. I'm going to because I'm going to pick on I'm going to pick on her a little bit. All right. But I want to use an analogy, all right? There are, um, there are museums across this country that are full of art. Yes. Okay. But if somebody came to you and they said, we are going to let you go anywhere in the world to see one piece of art, where would you go? Now, I would say – that there's a lot of people that go I want to go see the Sistine Chapel. Mhm. Why? Because it's quality. Mm-hmm. Now, it that doesn't mean that the artwork in other places isn't quality artwork, mm-hmm. right? But there's only one of those. That's true. Right? That's there's a good point. There's only one of those. Mhm. Now, let's take that same type of analogy and apply it to music, mm-hmm. all right? We can pick on King George because 84% of his album sales is just selling you the same stuff you've already heard. Yes. But people are buying it because what he sold the first time mm-hmm. was quality. It was quality. Mm-hmm. Take somebody like Taylor Swift. I mean, the biggest joke, in my opinion, in my house when it comes to music is stuff like Taylor Swift where I'm like, oh, Taylor Swift's got a new album? What's it about? A boy that dumped her? Mm-hmm. And the new girlfriend? Wow. Wow right now i know we can generally say in certain genres you know i mean there's always been the jokes country music it's about you know your your ex wife your ex friend your hunting dog whatever mm-hmm. but you know a while back i know i know i sent you a text and told you you needed to listen to malcolm gladwells podcast where he talks about mm-hmm. the the allure of country music versus rock and how different those things are and how they how they grab people in different ways. And, you know, one of the things, paraphrasing that he said in that when he was talking about country music was that country music talks about stuff that's real, mm-hmm. you know? And so people, you like, you can relate to it. And I, I, I remember, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but I remember- oh, I did, Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. you remember where he's talking about the Rolling Stones' Wild Horses, okay? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, lo- I love that song. But, you know, Listening to him say it's like, wild horses, wild horses, Mm -hmm. wild horses, can't pull me away. You know, it's it's just repetitive kind of dribble. Mm -hmm. And then you listen to a song like He Stopped Loving Her Today, Mm -hmm. and you're like, we're not even the same league anymore, right? So I do think there's something to be said for the fact that there was quality put out. And, you know, and you and I might say, like Neil Diamond, for example, we might both go, okay, it was okay, but it wasn't great, right? right? Okay, and, and then but something else we we really latch on to. I mean, do you really think that twenty years from now there's going to be like an Eminem best, you know, top ten? You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Maybe there is, but it just seems like it doesn't fit, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There <laughs> might be. <laughs> Somebody's going to... Eminem's going to put out a, a box set like 20 years from now, <laughs> right. and all the kids will be like, whoa! Right. You know, maybe they'll have Snoop Dogg on there. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... And yeah, that's... Well, okay. I'll, I, well, we can keep chatting, but there's... <laughs> I'll I'll say this as far as my... my finding and my conclusion. Okay. So the music industry... It's just that. It's an industry. Sure, It cranks up music at a rapid pace, and we buy it just as fast. So my main point is, while creating music is an art form, selling music is a business. And that's the reason that these greatest hits albums and everything sell like hotcakes. Right. And I mean, and it's so convenient, too. I mean, you're just like, well... Even even just from like a monetary point of view, uh, I might not have a hundred dollars to buy all these different albums. I can buy the best of those albums. All you know, f- spend fifteen dollars, I can get all the best of those albums and all those songs. And just so I understand the convenience and it saves you a little bit of money. But yeah, I just think there are some albums like. Michael Jackson's Thriller, Led Zeppelin 4, uh, ACDC's Back in Black. You have to experience those albums for what they are, the art form that they are. I mean, like I uh, i had always heard about Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And so I, I, I bought that LP and I put that on and it just, I cranked it up. And someone said like use headphones and you know and you just start picking up all these little things. But you just that's where I think it's a little bit more of an experience than it is just listening to songs. Yeah. And I I I, I like that. I like just getting to hear the art that they were trying to create, not what the industry's trying to sell me. So that's so that's my overall point was just to kind of look at music contribution not necessarily music sales I don't know whether people agree or not whether you agree but that's and I'm, and again I'm not trying to take away from any of these artists right obviously you can't that's another uh, I'll give you a little teaser as far as uh, uh, episode down the road that I want to do but it's going to have to do with rock and roll royalty and oh, yeah. you know you can't touch
0: some people like Elvis I right. mean Right. So, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do this just for fun because I've got a theory, too, and we'll see okay. if it works, okay? Let's build a band. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have one guitarist. We're going to have a drummer. We're going to have a lead singer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I know we can do a lot more, <laughs> but that's what we're going to do. All right? all right? You only get to pick one mm-hmm. of all time. Okay. If you are building the best musical band I'm not worried about album sales these guys are gonna make music right who's your guitarist
1: well it's just, I always as you said that <laughs> I was like John Bonham Jimmy Page and Robert Plant I was like well I guess you just take put Led Zeppelin down <laughs> for me because <laughs> I did I honestly whenever you started saying that I was like well John Bonham best drummer Jimmy Page best guitar player or plant best singer so I mean that's just for me personally But, I mean, when you think about – and that's where I'm lacking in my own musical knowledge because I know that there are really phenomenal guitar players out there that are in these bands that I know of, but I just don't appreciate their their expertise and ability yet. One day I will. I'm not giving up on that, but – because I learned, just even like with the Beatles – I was trying to play some Beatles songs on guitar, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, these are a little bit more difficult than I thought they were, yeah, yeah, so you know, I mean that's where I always just thought of, oh, they're easy, you know, just play some chords or whatever." But then I
0: started playing, it and I was like, oh
1: these are these are a little bit a little tougher than I thought, so
0: okay. all right now oh, and, and it's very subjective, I understand okay. that, yeah okay? yeah yeah and, and mine, you, you listen to mine, you're like, the, we're going from different genres, right okay. but uh-huh. there, but there's an underlying point that I want to make, okay, guitar for me, Joe Walsh. Okay. Okay. Drummer for me, Keith Moon. All right. Okay. Lead singer for me, Willie Nelson.
1: Okay. That'd, make, that'd be a pretty interesting band. It would be,
0: wouldn't it? Be? Yeah. Now, what What do both your, of course, you just said Led Zeppelin, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. basically. So, so, I could have just said all of them individually. But right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does your perfect band from the only criteria being they've got to make good music Right. Mm-hmm. What does yours and mine have in common? The '70s. There you go. Mm. It ain't today. Yeah. It ain't today. Mm-hmm. So I would argue, and that's my theory. Okay. Rooster has his theory. Law Dog has his. Right. Mm-hmm. Mine's more shallow than yours. <laughs> my theory is, real music, with a few anomalies. Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Right. We've got we've got a couple others out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um real music stopped largely being made in the seventies. Mm. I,
1: I can't argue with that. I mean I, I just I can't. I've got nothing. Cause, <laughs> right. I mean, the 80s, You've got the backstreet boys. That's right. what you got. <laughs> I mean the eighties the eighties are fun. It's a f it's just fun music, but yeah. how much quality is there? I mean, yeah, you had U2 during that, you know. I, I rank U2 up there. I love U2. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but it was fun music. I mean, that's, what the, that's why everybody loves 80s music is because it's just fun to listen to. It was usually basically upbeat mm-hmm. and, you know. And then the 90s, you just had grunge rock and the death of 80s music. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it took all the fun out of it and then just, like, made this, like, drudgy, like, right. you know. very melancholy <laughs> And since then, since the '90s, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what any of this music is anymore. I listen to some of it, like Chris Stapleton or like Adele is my favorite female singer see, from now, from from this generation.
0: Yeah, but see, but you know, but what? Look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're taking Chris Stapleton, you're taking Adele, and mm-hmm. th- I mean, to me, those are both people who th- their music is a display of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're to me they're anomalies. I agree because I agree because largely the way I view music today is it's people who have synthesized music through devices. But I mean, nobody—I don't know of anybody out there right now that's playing a guitar like Joe Walsh did.
1: See, and I—it just clicked on whenever you were saying this because it goes back to what you and I have discussed, and it's just, we're losing musicians. Yes. We are losing musicians. We need to try to have our kids. We need to smack their devices out of their hands and put a guitar in their hands or something or piano, and they've got to – because that's the thing. In the 70s, that's what you did. You picked up your guitar, and you just – you know, they – not me, but just, you know, people just would sit there and play guitar all day long. And they became amazing guitar players. Right.
0: Well, and you don't have that anymore. Well, like, we're losing music. Yeah. We're oh, for We're sure. losing music, okay? And, you know, soapbox for a different day. But if we, <laughs> if we, if we funded the arts in mm-hmm. education the way that we fund football mm-hmm. in education, mm-hmm. we would potentially find those diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. and have amazing artists in this country. But for whatever reason, we've relegated art, including the musical arts, to kind of this back corner where the oddball kids can gather, but nobody really cares.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and now what are we seeing? We're seeing what you're talking about. Kids today, they they can't play an instrument.
1: Right. They don't have – I should say, they and we – don't have the patience to just, what that it takes to sit down to learn. and learn and do scales on guitar right kids aren't going to do that i'm not i'm trying i tried to learn how to play the piano like in the past year and i couldn't i couldn't take it i was doing scales like all the like over and over again and i was just like eventually i was like i'm burnt out yeah, I can't even touch the piano for a while. Like I just, I, I, and so I just went and started playing something else. Yeah. Well, I tried. Piano. Just...
0: piano was really hard for me. I, yeah. I, I tried. I wanted to do it, and honestly, I wanted to do it so that I could play "Desperado" by the Eagles. Okay. Nice. Just, just be honest about mm-hmm. it. But I'm like you. I had to let it go, and I, you know, I always gravitate back to guitar, drums, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But yeah, I fear
1: about. You know, what's, what's the future of... Maybe there will be a revolution at some point where it'll just be like, enough's enough, and kids will start to pick up instruments again. But it's just right. so... With technology, like, just... You get on there on a garage band, you don't have to do have any music ability at all. You could just start putting things together mm-hmm. digitally and hitting the keyboard because i do it I, I mean it's fun because it's so easy <laughs> right. you can just make little like instrumental songs but there's no real talent in it i mean it's kind of i mean i guess there's a little bit just because you're orchestrating a song but it's not like playing right. a guitar or a piano right or, but you so, know
0: the one thing it's not going to end is the law dog and rooster show yes we're going to keep getting together keep talking about these interesting topics arguing with one another over <laughs> music and yes things of great import yes that's right so but
1: for now we will uh call this an episode and uh we'll chat with you all uh next time so thanks a lot it's a lot og rooster show